Right, if I put that there, because mm. I don't, I still don't know quite where the microphones are, but I think there's one at each end because it's got like an interview setting. No, oh, okay. So just record two speakers from two directions. Yeah, so it's like you can put the phone in, in on the table in between you mm. and have your have your interview. You know, this interview is being tape recorded, recorded, I should say, digitally recorded. The time is now. Such the and time such. is now such and such with me Present in the room. In the room are. You do not have to, to say, say anything, anything, but it may harm your defence. If you do not mention when questioned, something, something which you relate to rely on in court. Anything you do say will be give, may be given in evidence. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. could start the episode like that. Scare the pants off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly welcoming around the virtual campfire, is it? No, but... Well, welcome to the virtual interview room. <laughs> welcome to the virtual interview room. <laughs> does, the, does the virtual campfire, does the virtual clearing have a police station as well now? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Might have a police stump somewhere. Yeah. Not necessarily a whole station. I mean, Hedgehog Security are branching out. That was bad. How long have you been holding on to that one? Well, no branching. That that would be squirrels. These are hedgehogs. Hedgehogs yeah. don't branch. Hedgehogs don't branch. No. They got like they're a whole kind of covered in thorns critter though, aren't they? They are kind of. They are on a, on, on a spiny basis. Yeah. Spiny Norman! Oh no. Spiny Norman. Spiny Norman! Oh, we can't have Spiny Norman. He's 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 famous, he is. Well, <clears throat> yes. He was the um he was the hedgehog that was that was tormenting somebody in a Monty Python sketch once. I think it was Monty Python. Might not have been now I think about it. Anyway, Spiny Norman. Hmm. But I don't know, maybe he's retired from tormenting people and come to live in the virtual clearing. I don't know. Lovely listeners, you might have gathered that pretty much anything that happens late night around a campfire is likely to happen around the, the virtual campfire at any point during your day. Yeah, pretty much. Including visits from Spiny Norman. And those random kind of conversations that you only get late night around a campfire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we don't have, we don't have a police station in the, in the, in the virtual clearing. We have, we don't even have chairs in the virtual clearing. We We can't afford a whole police station. We have logs. We have logs. We have logs. You can sit on, but they're not exactly a chair. Don't police stations keep logs? Well, they have log numbers, don't they? Yeah. You know, I guess. Anyway... I do believe it's Frithcast time. It is. What time is it? It's Frithcast time. Are we sitting comfortably? Mostly. Um. Yeah. Are, um. Yes. Well, today, uh, it the Frithcast is brought to you by the letter. I'm. I'm off on a wrong tangent here, aren't I? Possibly. Are we not going to be teaching them about a letter of the alphabet today? Not today. Okay. See, I thought, you know, you were going to go with the letter of cease and desist. <laughs> because we were all in police stations earlier on, oh, this but is maybe true. not. This is true. No, we did, we did last, last, yes, last, last today, last today's episode. Yesterday, yes, the last, yes, the last episode was brought to you by the letter Hardglass, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> 
us. But we're not going to do that again today. We are not going to do that again today. Because, you know, we're good enough to provide you with shiny brand new content in every episode. (laughs) Unless we just forget what we've talked about before. And then you're just in for a whole same same roller coaster different track. Yeah, it's like it's like I know I know there are podcasts out there where they, they like make plans and keep schedules and stuff as to what they're going to talk about yeah you've not got that here no no um but you have got two entirely free range presenters in fact free range yeah i am the freest of free range i think my brain is the freest of free ranges it's so free range it doesn't come back yeah (laughs) i need it to do something no my mind I'm like is... frolicking through the meadows here. It ain't coming back today. <laughs> my mind is so open. My brain fell out. Um, yeah. My but, brain does that. But, 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 We are Frith casting. We are casting Frith. You we are. So had we better say hello and make way for some music? Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Make way for the music. Come to the tar. Lovely listeners. Welcome around the virtual campfire. I'm Suzanne Martin. I am half your mostly whole hosting team of Frithcast. <laughs> Welcome around the virtual campfire. I'm a heathen with a head with knowledge in it. Some of it's useful. Some of it is very useful. Um, I, on the other hand, speaking of, of, of um, on, on the other hand of useful, uh, I'm Kate. I'm not useful. Um, I, <laughs> I am not a heathen, and the stuff in my head is of very limited application in the real world, um, um, but, uh, but, uh, but I live here, so there's not really much getting out of it. And you coffee-powered? I am coffee-powered. Um, yes, I, I am a sort of a vaguely druidy kind of deal, is, is the best way I can put it. Yeah, it's usually. So... But I, I basically just kind of hang around and hope for the best. Yeah. You know how it is. I do. It's all good. We oh. just kind of gather up around the virtual campfire, gather the lovely listeners in and all get together once every now and again to talk about something mostly related to modern heathenry in some aspect or another. Mm-hmm. Welcome around the virtual campfire, lovely, lovely listeners. Do we have anything specific that we wish to talk about? To the lovely listeners about this evening. Yeah, do you know, I thought we'd have a bit of a discussion today about family and about ancestors and the whole thread of thought, tenuous link that it is, came from a a query that has been kind of turning around in my brain for a little while now. And it's about, in modern heathenry, we 
tend to have a focus on three things. So we have a focus on the gods, or you might have a focus on particular patron gods, or you might have a focus on the whole darn lot of them yeah. in general. But there's generally some acknowledgement that there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. And they're all doing their thing. And we can kind of, you know, have that professional relationship with them, friend relationship with them on that level. Yeah. There's also... The, the relationships that we develop with the land spirits, mm -hmm. how we care for the land, how we interact with the land, what choices we make in our lifestyles with how we affect the land. Yeah. So looking at things like our carbon footprint, looking at recycling, looking at taking a walk and appreciating nature or going to a beach and doing a beach clean. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's us or whether it's with 200 volunteers. <laughs> kind of doesn't matter it's that we're engaged with that act of looking after the land and stewarding the land being responsible for the condition of the planet so is that sort of our connection with with midgard yeah so yeah. our third the third aspect is kind of the one that links ancestors mm -hmm. us to ancestors so having an understanding maybe not a literal understanding of where our absolute individual family line has come from but maybe a more collective community understanding of who we are connected to so it also extends to community to family to ancestors the connections we have between human people yeah okay rather than the connections that we have to the plant people or to the <laughs> the, the the cat people or the wasp people or the hmm. the grass or the trees the um, grass people or the gods or the yeah those those spirits and recognition of those living things yeah so it's kind of that one that i wanted to have a talk about and maybe a bit of an explore okay so lovely listeners buckle up buttercups this one's gonna get fun <laughs> um, <laughs> because because it's talking about i see online you see a lot of heathens and they're investigating they're having dna tests done and they're they're curious about their own ancestry yeah they're curious about the makeup of their geographic DNA, yep. not necessarily the individuals that are in that that family tree, but where their DNA geographically is likely to come from. Yeah. Or you might see people doing family tree research mm -hmm. and genealogy can take a lifetime, which is ironic. It um, certainly can. But to trace back ancestors over... You know, you go back three generations, you have parents, grandparents and great grandparents. Yeah. So you, at minimum, two parents. Yeah. Four grandparents. Yeah. 16 great grandparents. Eight, eight great grandparents. Eight, grand, eight great grandparents. So eight and two is 10 and four. So that's 14 people. Hang on. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. 13, 14, yes. So 14 people well in three generations. Thank you, maths. Yeah. <laughs> Pauses for audience applause, not a sausage. Not a Carries sausage. on. <laughs> so 14 people in the last three generations at minimum. Yeah. And that's just in your direct line. Mm -hmm. That's not counting siblings, adoptions, fostering. Yep. Families where you have... Uh, two parents and a grandparent that raise you or you are adopted or you are yeah you know you have 
cousins and all sorts of the most beautifully messy variations that we have in modern families. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, half my family's from Scotland, so... Yes. You know, um, I'm not saying, you know, but we sort of have uh, some very complicated... Um, Connections arrangements. Sort of up in the up in the northeast, a lot of a lot of fostering going on, all that kind of thing, and mm. and, and and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, we we have a a, a, a wonderfully sort of um, patchwork patch. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not so much a family tree. I always say more of a, more of a sort of thicket. Family thicket. Yeah, <laughs> I like this phrase. This fits in nicely with what I'm thinking about. So. We might get curious about our family ancestry. Mm. We might ask older members of our family for for memories, for recollections, for the relationships between people. Mm-hmm. We might, you know, it, we go back two generations and we're going back into people who experienced a world war. Yeah. And you go back into the time of war and your family tree does all sorts of funny things. Yeah. Because there are people whose families, you know, they're, they're orphaned from those families or they're moved to different parts of the country because it's safer for them. Mm. They're fostered, they're adopted, they're sent to live with friends in the country. Yeah. So our family, our understanding of our family and where we come from can be part of our identity, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. We can get curious about it. Yeah. We can start trying to track it back and it can get very complicated very, very quickly. And the further we go back, generally the less information we have, the more tricky it is to try and put the pieces together about who belonged where and what relationships there were between them. Things can get foggy. They can. So if you go back, say, 350 years, Mm. it's not a very long time chronologically no when we're thinking well we we look after you know we look to gods that are a thousand years old and more Mm. 350 years isn't that much but you trace your own family lines back 350 years you're gonna have over 4,000 people in that network yeah minimum yeah but what happens when you don't know and what happens you know, if you suddenly find out that a, a parent at a young age was sent to go and, and live out in the country because it was safer and they were fostered out and then they ended up with foster brothers and sisters mm. or they were sent as a baby somewhere and they have no recollection of their family line. How do you can you feel connected to your ancestors? Um, spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, in the circumstances, a lot of us, we know our, maybe we'll know two or three generations back, maybe four. Yeah. I know fragments of my own family tree. I don't know the whole thing. Mm. So if I find out about those people, if I if they're missing and I know that they, there's somebody there, but I don't know who they were or where they were. What kind of connection can I form to them? Or alternatively, if I find out that they were a a prominent slave owner, Mm. that they were 
they had a role which is distasteful or illegal nowadays. Yeah. How do I reconcile that as a modern heathen with having that person in my ancestral line, mm. my collective, you know, collective ancestors? Do you treat the ancestors specifically and, and name them by name, but you can only go back so far? Do you treat them as the collective ancestry of the communities in which you live now, mm. which is a lot broader? And what are the ethics of that? If you find out you're, you know, you, you had somebody in your family tree who was a criminal, mm. had a criminal record, did something well, unspeakably horrific, how do you reconcile that as a modern heathen? Do you choose to acknowledge that person when you acknowledge your ancestors? Do you choose to not? I suppose the, the question has to be, first of all... Um, and I ask this with some sincerity because, you know, not, not just for rhetorical. Um, because, as, as you will know, I don't follow the same practice. Mm. Um, I don't look at things in quite the same way. And to me, I, at the risk of, you know, at the risk of sort of coming over as distasteful to our lovely listeners, um, <laughs> for me, apart from the people that I knew... Mm. Um, that I actually physically met and, 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 and got to speak to and so forth. I've never really paid that much attention to my ancestors. They aren't they aren't something that I especially you know, these are not people that I knew. Mm. They might be people that have, have led to me. Mm. Um but they, you know, I I just I don't look at it as, as being any anything more than than, than just that sort of chance element, if you like. So I have to ask, you know, from a from a, the, a point of view of relative ignorance, to answer the, 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 the question of what you do if, you know, one of your ancestors is, has done something heinous. I mean, what actually do you look to them for? Um, if you're... If you're basically... If it's a mark of respect that you're offering to them, mm -hmm. you know, when you um, uh, when you conduct rituals or whatever it is that you do, then does it is there a need to single those people out specifically or are you are you speaking to the ancestors as a collective? Mm -hmm. In which case, you know, the fact that one or two of them might have been um, less than pleasant you know, might not necessarily be that much of an issue. Um, if you were calling on them specifically for something, mm. you know, like in some witchcraft practices where you might call on specific dead people and say, can you help me with this yeah. this ritual or what have you, then you might have to pay a bit more attention to who you're calling on and what their, what their demonstrated qualities were. Mm. Um, so I suppose... I would have to start with, you know, well, what, what, do you, what is it you need them for? What is it you're addressing them for? Yeah, and a lot of us, a lot of modern heathens that I know will have greetings to the ancestors, uh, and they may treat the ancestors as collective. Mm. Um, and I always felt a way of looking at it was that, yes, I don't know all my ancestors' names. I can't. Yeah. There's hundreds, there's thousands of them that have all 
they have all survived enough for me to exist. Yeah. And that is amazing. And a little bit of a mind-blowing thing. But for me, yes, sometimes you want to greet the ancestors and be aware that as a modern heathen, you greet nine generations back and you greet nine generations forward mm. because you are part of that community connectedness as an individual. So I know that for some heathens, it's looking at that feeling of connection and community. Yeah. For other heathens, it's a case of, you know, I greet the ancestors, help me learn something. Mm. You know, or I greet a specific ancestor who I know is very good at a specific skill and say, help me understand this skill better. Yeah. So I guess you could look at it in different ways. But if your background is that you're an asylum seeker or a refugee, all of your ancestors and all of your family might be in a different country. Mm. And so again, that that understanding of I might not know all my ancestors' names, but they will know mine. Yeah. Because they might, you know, in my understanding, they are being able to be aware of of my life and what I'm doing as their as their descendant. Yeah. As their current <clears throat> living descendant, they are maybe not watching like an omnipresent thing, but being able to be aware of my existence. Even yeah. if I don't know all of them, they will know me. What did you say? Nine generations? Yeah, it's a way of I mean some yeah, some heathens will look at it nine generations backwards. Okay, Nine so generations forwards. That's two. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Sixteen. Yeah. Thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Sixty-four. Yeah. One hundred and twenty-eight. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty-six. What happens after two hundred? Oh, five hundred and twelve. Five hundred and twelve. So that's like a thousand people. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. A thousand and some. So yeah, I'm not going to know all their names. No. I've got a piece of paper big enough to write them all down, <laughs> to be fair. And at 30 years a generation, mm. give or take, yeah. you know, nine generations, it's 270 years. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, again, chronologically not that far back, but a phenomenal volume of people mm. and connectedness that we share and that we are then connecting to people in our communities, the people that we live with, the people that we see every day. Yeah. So maybe ancestors isn't about direct blood connection. Mm. Maybe it's more about the ancestors that you feel connected to. Okay. So you could end up with somebody who's got the name of an ancestor like a name that's coming down come down a family line yeah and they have that name and therefore are connected to all the people before them with that name yeah having a middle name that that does the same uh you know having a part of your name or even your your surname comes down a family line mm -hmm. so is it less about family line connections and more about our own individual personal understanding of ancestors as a collective it's 
like I say, it's always I mean I've I've always had a very sort of general I I I think it's gonna sound very trite, um, but I'm one of these people who who thinks of humanity as the important thing. Mm. You know? Um we are you know, I think we, we have sort of a lot of the the people around it. I'm not I mean I'm not a sociable person anyway, let's face it. <laughs> as a rule so i've always i've always sort of seen people a bit a bit a bit sort of in the abstract uh you know i'm i i I value the society around me and i value the people as a as a as a whole um even if i'm not necessarily out there making friends and influencing people Mm. um you know it's it's but i tend to think more about the people who are here now Mm than I perhaps do about the people who have been and gone. Not, again, not mm-hmm. because there's anything wrong with, you know, that I, I don't, you know, I have any issues with the people who've gone before, but, you know, I, I tend to think of, of, of humanity as a, a, a sort of a living thing in the now, you know? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that, yeah, that kind of resonates with me because we can look at family the same way. Mm. The people who are here in the now. And you might have noticed that I am an LGBT person. Really? I know, right? Okay. Surprise! Right. Yeah. Um, so for me, as an LGBT person, there's a concept of what we call chosen family. Mm. So as an LGBT person, you might experience being disconnected from your family. You might be experienced being disowned, kicked out of the family home. Yeah nobody wanting to talk to you from your relatives or your family because you've come out yeah because of your choice of partner or partners Mm -hmm. because of the family that you make for yourself yeah so there is a concept in that that i think can be brought over into modern heathery and that is the one of chosen family Mm. and we almost have that in a way when we look at kindreds okay getting together we create close-knit small or large groups that we get support from that are people who positively support us that we can share our experiences with that we can talk with on a social basis and for an lgbt person that has been disconnected from their their blood family from their caregivers creating chosen family and choosing who you want to be in that family is a very powerful path yeah it's a very powerful experience to get to that point of being able to trust and being feeling supported and feeling confident that you are accepted for yourself and i think that concept of chosen family is one we can also apply to modern heathenry many of us come from families or family groups where heathenry is not widely adopted yeah it might be that some other members of our family are it might be that none of them are so we have to seek out other close-knit groups of people that we can talk to about faith yeah that we can grow in our faith with that we can take those journeys with about expanding our knowledge and our skills and having those experiences of ritual and of sometimes very intense emotional experiences that we can share with a specific chosen group of people yeah and i think for me that's a very powerful 
choice to be able to make, especially as a modern heathen, mm -hmm. to be able to <clears throat> choose who we stand in ritual with yeah. and who we choose who we want to be supported by and who we want to support. Mm. So I think thinking about you know humanity and community as people who are here now yes that concept of chosen family i think echoes through that yeah it's i mean and it is it is true it's you know we we have a um our sort of social convention and certainly you know we you know heathenry i i always i always think of it as it is a it is a modern faith mm. that is to say it's a faith that that lives and exists in the modern world um yes. but it has its roots in older times and in older times uh in those older times yes the, the the family was would have been very important but it's we have this cultural sort of assumption in um certainly in the the air quotes western world uh in the modern day we have this sort of assumption that you know you you have the that you have friends at one level and then family are above that mm. you know and and the, the 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 family your your blood is the most important thing and, and 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 so on and i think it can potentially put you in quite a different quite a difficult situation you know if you do have that sort of uh distance if you like from your blood relatives you know i mean people sort of <sighs> People don't necessarily get on with them, and no, they're, you know, it's, and they're it, not people I've chosen. No, <laughs> they might be people I choose, but they're not people I've had a choice in having around me. Yeah, and and I think we do, as a society, we do tend to put a lot of pressure on people. So you must get on with your, you know, blood's thicker than water, and you, it's you have to go and see your family at certain times of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, and they, I guess it ties into. Tying into that is the the far right, you know, genetic well, exclusivity of you must be able to trace your bloodline and it must be a, a specific type. Yes, and that, you see, again, ties into this idea of chosen family and the fact that we get to choose ours now. Yeah, you see, this 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 was something that came up when when you mentioned um, the, the the tendency of the. the now, I, and I should make it absolutely clear, I don't think for one moment that there's anything wrong with doing dna tests if you no. want to do that if you're interested in where you come from if you're interested in the history of your descent i have no issue with that whatsoever i think history is fascinating and just because i personally don't have any kind of connection to my own individual line um you know it, it's never really my, my dad did my dad mm. spent years doing genealogy and working out you know who his uh, parents had been, who his grandparents had been, and right back as far as he could. And he 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 actually left me with with um, you know charts of of all the yeah, people that lists. Yeah, and I and I wish that I could be a little bit more interested in it. <laughs> um, but no, I do. I mean, history is an intriguing thing. It's a fascinating thing, and to learn of the the. the you know individual people's lives whether they're related to you or not so i have no problem at all with the dna testing and and, and finding out you know about how people have moved around the world over the years and centuries and so on it has to be said that 
as a faith and as a tradition, heathenry is prone. We've talked about it a lot before. It is prone to um, interference from less savoury elements. It is, and they can place a lot of weight on, oh, you must be yes. a certain ethnicity from a certain place. And that, I think, is where my line is. Yeah. Is, yes, you know, feel free to do a DNA test, but that doesn't exclude or include you from following the faith. No. Feel free to do one to be able to reflect on the results and maybe might bring up some surprising yeah. things and you think oh now I'm maybe I do need to develop a connection to these places or learn about that country because that's where yeah part of my ancestry is from but I'll never I may never know where mm. or how that's got in there but it's there and that's cool and yeah. I'm connected now to a whole load of other different places that I didn't know about yeah awesome and if it does if it does create that sense of connection for people with I mean I've I've always I've always sort of I've always kind of valued that, you know, I think it's, I think the difference is, you know, are you using it to increase your bonds to people and places to, to, to reinforce your connections, to expand your, the, the, the world that, that is your ancestry, or are you using it to try to narrow things down? And break things off and separate things out and say, okay, here is a barrier that you know I can I can go down this route, but you can't because mm. you know. So yeah, there's a lot of things have been turning over my head, especially in the last few weeks, about ancestry, about connection, mm. about what happens if we discover one of our ancestors did some horrible crime. What happens if we discover that they were an incredibly awesome person? Yeah. What happens if we, you know, discover a news report that says they were in a, uh, you know, they started a fire somewhere or they they ended up in prison for something or, yeah, yeah they were a, a slave owner or a landowner or somebody who exploited the earth. How do we then reconcile that with our modern heathen ethics, modern society ethics? Yeah. And I think that's... I think what I'm not trying to do is look to saying I must connect with all of my ancestors. Yeah. Because some of my ancestors might have been absolute. I. Statistically, some of them were. Statistically. 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 Yeah. Statistically, some of them are guaranteed to be. Yeah people that I now don't agree with that they were doing things that were perfectly legal and probably acceptable in their time and I'm looking at them now going oh I don't think so well they weren't I mean you know it's we've we've talked about the numbers and it's and it's you know the the, for every generation you go back it doubles and this is like you said this is only taking the most direct yeah. Um, you know, standard approach. This is without considering any of the, 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 the sort of other branches of your family and all that kind of thing. So for every generation you go back, the number doubles. It doesn't take long before that number becomes ludicrous. Yeah. And this is with like the whole Charlemagne thing. You know, you get back, you only have to go back as far as Charlemagne and we're all descended from the same person. We're or at least all, we all have the same people in our family tree. We are all connected. Mm. So not only everybody you know in your life, everybody around the virtual campfire is connected to each other. Yeah. We are all connected to our everybody 
we see yeah. on the street. We are all connected to everyone. Yeah, you don't have to go. You don't have to go back as far as dinosaurs or prokaryotic yeah. single-celled life forms to find the point where we're all related. And, but you know that that number is absolutely vast and. Almost certainly there were people in my past who've done the most heinous things. Mm. You know, there are, there are people who who have committed horrible crimes and horrible abuses and so forth. I just don't know about them. No, and we're not talking about saying you must connect and, and you know, either opening up or re-traumatising you from stuff that's oh God, maybe no. happened in no, your no, own no, no, past. No. It's about you being able to make these connections to benefit your own spiritual life and to deepen that faith connection. It's not about damaging that faith connection or narrowing that faith mm. connection or saying there are absolute limits. It's saying these are questions to think about, you know, and if you do feel like those, that you have got stuff to work out, there are professionals. Yeah. That you can just go to a confidential safe space and thrash those things out, talk them all out and, and get them out into the open and have a good look at them. Do it. So it's not about working with ancestors and community and family. Some of the, the questions that we've posed in this episode, it's not about you kind of doing that work come absolute hell or high water. It's more about if this benefits your spiritual connection, yeah. I mean, if this it... advances your faith, if this deepens your faith, if this gives you a new aspect of faith to think about, mm. those kinds of ways forward, not sort of, you know, re-traumatising yourself because no. you feel you absolutely have to. It's more about exploring this on the level that you feel comfortable, most comfortable with. Yeah, and... I think you know as we've as we've talked about there are there are different ways of you know like I say I can't speak as a heathen I can only speak of heathenry from an outside point of view but if it is that it's sort of a, a, a kind of a universal or relatively universal that you have these three aspects mm. to it the gods the whites more, the ancestors yeah, more or less then yeah. then you know how you approach each of those. Um, you know, you will find your own, you yeah. will find your own deeply personal ways of doing suitable it. Suitable balance yeah. and, and and what have you. And if, and in the end, if the ancestors for you are, are part of the consideration, but only in, like we said, that sort of abstract sense, like as um, a collective human people. Yeah. Then, yeah. then to me, that seems perfectly valid. Just mm. as just as it does, if you want to say, okay, well, you know, the family, Smith or whatever um have yeah. done this and achieved that and and are renowned for the other yeah you know that that's that's equally that's equally cool you know yeah so it's hopefully lovely listeners it's brought a few things to have a think about hmm. and maybe ways to consider adapting if there is a disconnect hmm. that maybe you is either one that you've thought actually it's healthier for me not to connect or whether it's a disconnect that you know is there, but you're not sure how to work around or reconnect to if you do want to do that. Yeah. So, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you pondering some of those maybe big questions this well, episode. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. Depending on how, how, how far you want to dig into them, I guess. Yeah. 
and and whether that's work that you have the time and mental energy to do right now mm. and if not save it till later yeah. lovely listeners we have reached the end of today's episode if you want to find us online and have a natter about all of this stuff you can you can find me i'm suzanne martin i'm on facebook under that name or i'm on twitter at geetha in jeans and if you want to find me i'm on uh, facebook it's kate coldwind and uh, you can also if you find your way to our uh, facebook page at facebook.com slash frithcast pod um, you can find a links to from there to our uh, little group on Facebook and from there to our Discord server. We would love to see you there. Yeah, we have a virtual, virtual campfire at the Discord server. <laughs> Some other areas as well. So we have the Shifty Tree for art and artistry and artwork. We have a little Death Cafe space conversation going on about death, dying, traditions, what maybe we'd each like to have around there. We also have memes. We have a memes channel and we have an inquiries for anything LGBT or just fabulous. So do come and join us on Discord or you can just drop us a message and go, help, how do I get to your Discord? And we'll be able to guide you in there. Yep. So lovely listeners, we will talk to you all next time on the next episode of Frithcast and we look forward to seeing you there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.